0: What the you're thinking, case. can you get the buy-in? Buy in. Buy in. You're listening to Forrest FM, the salon business show with your host, Zoe Belil-Springer. For your industry, by your industry. Have you ever heard of the 80-20 rule attributed to the Italian economist Vilfredo Pareto? The Pareto principle of its official name is an incredible tool for growing businesses. Turns out, as you'll hear in today's episode, that it's also a great tool when it comes to living in a pandemic with nationwide lockdown restrictions and mandatory shutdowns. For today's guest, who'll be telling his salon's story of pivoting during COVID-19, nurturing a close connection with clients always had been and was even more important during closures, especially after the second lockdown, which in his area lasted seven plus months. Without guests... Businesses cannot operate or survive, and it all starts with the provided experience. In a quite recent episode where we discussed pivoting as a concept and how integral it is to businesses, I started out by saying that to pivot, you really need to think outside the box and be comfortable with taking risks, experimenting with different or unique business models. And sometimes pivoting implies exactly that, reinventing the wheel. But often it doesn't. It's often just about finding solutions to meet customers where they are and make sure you give added value for the long term.
1: Guest experience and educating your staff is one of the two key points of running a successful salon. You always have your key source of clients that will always be there every three to four weeks to be pre-booking. And I feel that the core uh, are the ones that will You know sort of stick through with you uh, through the good and the bad if COVID has taught us anything it's about learning to change very quickly with the times and you know sometimes we are thrown into the loop and we just you know it, it some of us froze and other ones thought okay let's see what we need to do to move forward now is the time to really start to think and to plan ahead and to um, really make your dreams come to reality. Uh, So, you know, sometimes we have these little setbacks for reasons and sometimes they're reasons to really forecast what we want in the future.
0: On the show with me today is Toronto based salon owner, stylist and industry coach who come September will be celebrating 31 years in the hair industry. Peter Charduli, who some of you may know from Salon Smarts or his personalized men's hair care line, Calia Men, is passionate and committed to this profession. And along with running Calia Hair with his wife, draws on his experiences to pay it forward, helping salon owners and stylists realize their dreams in building a successful business. So without further ado, Peter, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. I'm so excited to have you on.
1: Zoe, thank you very much for inviting me. That's awesome that uh, we will be having some great conversation this morning.
0: Yeah, I'm really excited. And it's it's really come to light, I think, to me that we really need to highlight these success stories coming out of the pandemic. I think there's like a need for like positivity and just like helping each other out. But before we get into that, can you maybe set the scene for us? So like before COVID lockdowns, what was the vision for your salon, Calia Hair? What was your strategy? What kind of clientele were you trying to attract? How long had you been in business for? All that kind of stuff.
1: Well, we uh, opened our doors in May of 2000. Uh, Calia here is what came from it. And uh, the name came from both of my kids, Julia and Luca. So it meant a lot to us, even just from the get-go, to keep the business alive. Uh, it was funny because I gave myself the first five years and then five years happened. And then 21 years later, here we are. And then COVID <laughs> hit, not even knowing what to do with um, you know any business plans. But... Prior to COVID, um, we were, were a very community-based salon. So, you know, getting ourselves integrated with the community, doing a lot of community work and, and giving back to the community was our, our goal and our key because we felt that once we did that, it would s- sort of create relationships and and loyalty mm-hmm. in, in the end. Um, so we basically grew our business from only myself and an assistant up to 14 people uh, with that time. And, and there's been some people that are some of our staff that have been with us for 19 years or, or 20 years, uh, right down to seven years. So we've had some fall off the wagon, of course, in this industry, but for the most part, it's it's mainly just a community-based salon and we wanted to provide, we're sort of uptown Toronto. Um, so we wanted to sort of give that downtown vibe and feel, but more, you know, so clients didn't have to really have to go downtown all the time. They would be in the North Toronto area.
0: I have to say Toronto was hit with probably some of the most severe sets of lockdowns in Canada, definitely, uh, when it comes to businesses. Yet your salon has thrived through it all. What was going on in your mind around that first wave?
1: Well, the first lockdown, we felt that everybody was sort of in it together, like globally, uh, when everybody was under a global lockdown for the two weeks. Uh, but then, once things started to unroll and and uh, you know lockdown started to get extended, we were starting to feel a little bit panicked because we again never planned for anything like this or or didn't know what to expect. Um, so, I would say for the first three and a half months. We sort of pivoted, and, and my wife is my partner in, in business as well, and uh, she we brainstormed immediately to think, how are we going to outreach to our clients to still provide them the service during the time of our closure, again, not knowing when it would all end. Mm-hmm. Um, so we started providing services, even though uh, we were closed in the brick and mortar. We didn't have our e-commerce site on on set at the time, but um, we started providing color kits to our clients. So at least this way, they still looked fresh on Zoom calls because Zoom was one of the biggest pivots of COVID. So uh, we started doing that uh, right off the start.
0: And then throughout the rest of the lockdowns, and especially the second one, which was like the longest one, I, I want to say, in in Canada, like you managed to still thrive through that. How, like, what was your mindset? going through that second one?
1: So we started adapting uh, ourselves from the time we opened up after the first lockdown. So the first lockdown we opened, I believe it was June 26th of 2020. So I I then at that point um, put our e-commerce site on Shopify just to start preparing ourselves and and even educating our clients at the time uh, to let them know that if we did have another lockdown these are the services that we were providing making sure that their data was all up to date as far as their email addresses and uh and so forth so we can have that communication but um we started to budget very tightly and Mm -hmm. again not knowing where things were going but when we closed down in november we knew that it was not going to be the four weeks that the provincial government was saying, because four weeks would have brought us to, I think, the 23rd of December, and how are we going to cherry pick our clients to come in just before Christmas time? (laughs) It only gives us a day and a half to get like hundreds (laughs) of people in, like really, realistically, we knew that this was not going to be a short term uh, lockdown, not knowing that it was going to last until uh, June 30th, Mm -hmm. but it, it did quite honestly we uh, again our color kits really helped us survive you know if it wasn't curbside we would be delivering the products on our own just to sort of absorb cost and and really fill our time more than anything else, and just giving that personalized service during the closure.
0: And something that you said to me that really stood out when we had our, our chat prior to recording this today was 80% of your business comes from 20% of your clients. Would you mind expanding on this? Like, why, I guess, how did that play a, a part in the changes that you implemented in your salon for the first, second wave?
1: Well, I, I believe in any business. Um, 80% of your business does come from 20% of your clients because you you always have your key source of clients that will always be there every three to four weeks to be pre-booking and, and so forth. And it's, it's not that I'm overlooking or overfeeling the other clients. Believe me, every person that walks into our door is very important. But I feel that the core uh, are the ones that will, you know, sort of stick through with you uh, through the good and the bad
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and it's like even with me if I'm a patient of a massage therapist I would hope that I'm, I fall into that 20% because I've been seeing my massage therapist for the last 20 years so um, it, it all works in the same sort of category uh, as far as the loyalty and, and um, you know just keeping your your clients satisfied that time.
0: So I guess that's a business mentality that you've also passed down to your staff. So when all this happened, like COVID throughout the whole length of it, all the way to today, how how did you get your staffs by and was it easy to get them on board with um, staying in touch with their clients? Um, How did you keep that element of like togetherness that is so integral to salons?
1: Well, it's it's interesting because even through my coaching services, a lot of salon owners have a hard time with um, social media now, nowadays because you can be found on social media and the days of keeping your clients under lock and key, they're over. Yeah. But, you know, it, it was great for our staff to say that they were in touch with some of their clients during the lockdown, even just to say, join our mailing list and to... Uh, know that, you know, they supported us through our color kits or, you know, online on services and so forth, because for them, it was giving them the service still through our closure to give nobody the excuse to move on to someone else's salon uh, at the time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so they they sort of kept in touch and, and as we did with our, our clients, uh, sorry, our staff as well, we had uh, weekly chats or zoom calls as far as you know keeping each other up to date and so forth and sometimes they would be we would put silly subjects out and and you know uh you know it would it would be from what was your greatest talent as a kid or or whatever so a small little sentence would turn into like a three-hour conversation on uh, whatsapp and so forth so keeping that engagement going, I think was really important for, for all of us. Yeah. Between staff and, uh, and the clients.
0: Yeah. And I think at, at, at the end of the day, especially in those moments where you're just like, everything is so uncertain, you kind of have to default to like, let's just find one small win every day and just keep moving and moving together.
1: That's right. You know, you keep Keeping the spirits up for sure is something that uh, was important, especially through these times.
0: Hmm. Was there something um, that you found or maybe your wife found or your staff found more um, challenging when it came to all the pivoting changes that you made? Was there something that was a bit more difficult that you hadn't anticipated, perhaps?
1: To be quite honest, you know, all the changes that we had made were beneficial to us as a a salon itself. I I feel that it was a lot of work uh, for both me and my wife because we were primarily the, the ones that were getting all the emails in order and we would have a schedule going and, and for pickups and so forth. So mm-hmm. it was quite challenging on us uh, at times, but we did what we had to do to to survive and, and keep our business going because it's our livelihood. You know, for, for our, our staff and our team, I found that they were, you know, sometimes it was, it was hard for them because they were sort of, Behind the scenes, but not really engaging as much up front because, again, restrictions of having everybody there together. Because they would, and then you know, there's there's other logistical reasons why we couldn't have everybody at the salon at the same time.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Would you mind maybe listing some of the changes? Like, of of course, you've mentioned the color kits, the online store. Would you mind listing some of the changes that you did implement?
1: So you know, our CRM. Uh, was one of our biggest things. And, and I know Forrest has uh, a great software that, you know, the CRM, it, you know, the Customer Relationship Management Program, um, is one of the most vital things of any business because keeping a data, not everybody is going to want to give you their email uh, just because, you know, there's so much junk that is being given <laughs> on a daily basis, and so forth. Yeah. But we try to express to them the importance of it, uh, especially if they're going to be long-term clients and just sort of keeping interacted. So I, th- I found that was maybe one of the biggest uh, hurdles that we had to sort of uh, come across or even just frequently posting on Facebook or Instagram um, a little bit more. But we, we pretty much had things... That, you know, I, Zoe, I, I run the salon like a business before I run it like a salon. Right. And I think that's important um, because if you have your foundation, then everything should sort of seamlessly run after that. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I, I think that is if you plan, you're not going to plan to fail, you know, so it's um, I think it's important to do that ahead of time.
0: Yeah. I want to come back on what you just said there. If you plan, you're not going to plan to fail. Like when, you know, when you implement changes, sometimes like things just don't work out. Sometimes like you think that what you're going to implement is going to work 100%. And sometimes it works. And then sometimes, you know, maybe there's like a bit of a shift to, to happen, even to, to a tweak to to be needed. So when do you know when it's time to like persevere versus like shift strategy and try something else?
1: So, What comes to mind is paying for Google ads or or Facebook ads because, you know, there may be some success for many people out there, so I'm not discounting that at all. But for myself, I feel that, you know, we have tried all those avenues, and I feel that if I don't get my return within, say, the first five tries, because, you know, the first try, you're never going to get any return, but, you know, by the first Mm -hmm. three to five six tries. Um, If something is not responding, then I cut it off right away. And then I move on to something else. Right. The biggest success is uh, marketing your own client base is, you know, being able to do uh, emails out to them, uh, newsletters or having contests on, um, you know, social media and and so forth. But again, we'll, we'll always try something, you know, a few times, we'll give it about five times. And if things don't start working out for us, then we shift over to something new right away because there's no sense of beating a dead horse type thing.
0: Right, of course. And do you have maybe, um, like knowing your coach as well in the industry, do you have any tips to maybe reduce the risks associated with taking a new direction, whether it is, you know, through doing like, something new in marketing or just even changing like the way or changing a service or changing the way that, um, I don't know, maybe you're implementing an online store and things like that. And there's a lot of uncertainty associated to all these things, you know?
1: Well, I'm, I'm all about budget. I, I believe that you don't want to be going, you know, maybe it's my Italian roots that makes me (laughs) cheat, but I don't know what it is. (laughs) But, but uh, <laughs> um, I'm a deal finder, for God's sakes. It's it's just something that has always been embedded in me. And you know, when I even walk into a store, I go straight to the sales section. I don't go to the first release. And yeah. you know,
0: I mean, who doesn't like a good deal? <laughs>
1: yeah, right. So it's it's the same thing. Um, because believe me, we have spent thousands of dollars in different areas that have brought us zero return. And mm. you know, it, it's it's a lot of money that you you'll never get back. But it's, you know, I don't fault for trying what we did because it only teaches you what you know today. Yeah. But I also feel that um, start off small and then if there is a bit of a catch, then you know to start investing a little bit more. Um, if if you feel that... Uh, it doesn't feel right. Like I'm all about feeling as well. If, if it doesn't feel right, or it's not aligned with your, your service or your, your philosophy, then just cut it loose right away. It it doesn't matter what, Somebody else gives you as a sales pitch. If it doesn't feel right for you, then move on. Um, so I, I think starting out small is usually the best thing. It, a, it saves you a lot of money, and B, learn from my mistakes. You know, because again, <laughs> we've we've lost. Yeah. Well, I don't even want to say lost, but we've invested a lot of money that uh, we did not see any return on. Mm.
0: So are those some principles that you teach through Salon Smarts, uh, or like what's your what's your current offering with Salon Smarts?
1: Well, I, I basically I, I, I feel that I'm more of a guest experience coach and and I feel that there's so many different modules and, and I feel that guest experience and educating your staff is one of the two key points of running a successful salon. Um, as a salon o- owner myself of 21 years, I keep myself accountable if my staff is not thriving at their best. Mm-hmm. Um, often salon owners will pass the puck and, and blame blame their staff for, you know, making a mistake on a color or a cut. But what are we doing to help them improve that? Um, so we have to stand behind our team before we stand in front of our team. So right.
0: um,
1: that's one of my my theories and philosophies for sure.
0: So I guess we started today's chat with what, you know, the pre-COVID vision mindset for Calia Hair was. We've talked about the changes that you've implemented and how you go about deciding, you know, to stick with those changes or move on. What's the vision of the salon like today? Like, what are you planning on bringing to your team and um, to your clients next, I suppose?
1: Well, knowing that life can change in in a blink of an eye uh, i feel that we have to be prepared for changes at any time you know it's still sort of living on pins and needles because we just don't know if there's going to be a third lockdown hopefully not but um i i just feel that we still have to plan ahead and we're still collecting the information that we need to from our 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 clients and and sort of building up our team as well, in the event of another lockdown, possible lockdown. Um, again, I'm hoping that we avoid it. But mm-hmm. if COVID has taught us anything, it's about learning to change very quickly with the times. And you know, sometimes we are thrown into the loop, and we just you know, it. it some of us froze, and other ones thought, okay, let's see what we need to do to move forward. So one of the biggest points right now that we find, and and I sort of um, take it as a light note, but a lot of our clients are now starting to pre-book because they're afraid that they're not going to get their services in. But you know, on one side, I think it doesn't matter how far in advance you book, if we're closing November 1st, <laughs> we're closing November 1st, there's nothing we can do about it. But as a business standpoint, it's amazing because now we're starting to see our schedules filled you know, six weeks or eight weeks in advance. Right. So if this is an ongoing momentum, because a lot of clients missed us as an industry, um, and it was one of the biggest conversations out there for any media source is hair and and how poorly we all looked as a society. (laughs) Um, So... (laughs) So, you know, there was a lot of home haircuts and and so forth, but hopefully there was some sort of value there uh, to the individuals. But um, I think always planning ahead is something that is one of my biggest things. So even if it means just having clients pre-booking for their future services um, and, you know, hopefully that we won't be closed and that'll start a, a momentum going because that's one of the biggest challenges for a lot of salons as well is how do you get my schedule booked months in advance? Mm. How do we fall into the category of a dentist or a doctor that is booked months in advance? Well, this is a perfect time for any salon or stylist to start implementing, you know, to their guests as far as, you know, pre-booking yeah. for sure. Um, you know, and, and just expanding, like retail, I, I can't, express enough as far as the retail goes. Um, you know, we we have really pivoted our retail because again, there's huge Amazons and, and there was a lot of diversion talk uh, again in the past before COVID, but now having your online presence is, is a huge thing uh, for anybody because you also gain some new clients from that as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So. Yeah. yeah, and I know you've noticed quite a general kind of sentiment of um, just feeling a bit deflated, maybe in the industry. Um, would you have like a message of maybe hope, or just like advice, or something that that can help people?
1: Well, never, never to give up hope. Um, we're we're all human beings, and we all have been affected by this one way or another. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, you do hear a lot of stats showing that there has been salon closures and even stylists leaving the industry just because of deflation or they had to sort of pivot to provide for their families, you know, which is understandable. But for those who are still sort of in question, I I say to still keep positive, plan ahead. Now, this is probably one of the best times to really sit back and start planning for the next year or two years because This is not going to be a forever thing, uh, but uh, for any entrepreneur or business owner or even for those that wanted to start opening up a business and then COVID hit and then their dreams have been diminished, I, I would say now is the time to really start to think and to plan ahead and to um, really make your dreams come to reality. Uh, So, you know, sometimes we have these little setbacks for reasons and sometimes they're reasons to really um, forecast what what we want in the future type things. So I hope that that gives a positive message out to those uh, that are still sort of on the fence with everything.
0: Yeah, I think it does. I think it does. And uh, I suppose to wrap today's episode up, we do have a thought starter question for you. And uh, this week's one is, the best boss you've ever worked for was so good because... Retaining talented
1: staff is one of the biggest challenges for salons today. Motivating and keeping them focused on improving their performance is key to helping your team fulfill their potential. Forest new staff performance solution is a game changer for salons, empowering managers and staff to set time-based goals across a wide range of performance metrics. Our innovative mobile solution gives your team quick and easy access to track their performance, anytime, anywhere. It's simple to use and visually engaging. Forrest helps keep your team motivated to achieve their goals and fulfill their potential. Empower, motivate and achieve. Unleash the power of staff goals. Powered by Forrest. He was uh, compassionate in his listening and he also um, he was my role model. Like he, he really, really was. And I looked up to him and I, I looked forward to going into work, uh, every day because I, I knew that not only was he my boss, but he was also a friend, but there was always that line that we would never, I would never cross because I would always want that respect, but
0: mm-hmm. he,
1: uh, he really created my foundation, uh, for what I am today. So I thank him
0: for that. And I'm sure you're passing it on to your staff. I'm sure that uh, they feel the same way about you. I hope they do.
1: I hope they do. But (laughs) I'm sure they do. (laughs) I'm confident to say that we are a very big family where we are. Um, There is a a line of respect. I respect them as individuals and stylists. I let them be their own free person because... Um we're not a cookie cutter industry. We are a very expressive industry. We're art artists, and um, everybody has there's different walks of life in our industry, which is the most beautiful thing in our industry altogether. So I, I think um, collaborating everybody together is is important and and ex- accepting them for who they are uh, because you're you're never going to change a person. You just might have might as well embrace who they are as individuals.
0: Couldn't agree more. Yeah, absolutely. That's a beautiful way to wrap today's episode and conversation. I guess for anyone who'd like to learn more about um, anything that we've talked about today, maybe have a chat with you about something specific or reach out for uh, some coaching. Can you tell me uh, a bit more about where people can find you online?
1: Sure. I am offering a 30-minute free consultation uh, on my coaching site, which is Salon Smarts. Dot com. But yeah, anybody could reach out at any time. It doesn't necessarily have to be salon owners. It could be managers, it could be salon stylists if someone's looking to uh, move out or, or open up their own or even just be the best stylist that they can be where they are right now. Because sometimes it's the grass is not always greener. You might as well maximize who you are as an individual and be where you are
0: and, and grow. Uh, your business within.
1: Um, So, yeah, uh, I would love to speak to the individuals that need the help.
0: Awesome. Well, Peter, thank you so much for taking the time today. Thank you for sharing your insights. And I'm sure we'll talk soon.
1: Okay. Thank you very much, Zoe.
0: The pandemic has definitely been a source of stress that's undeniable, Um, personally, professionally, financially. And if it can teach us anything, is that The world we claimed to be hyper-connected is also really, really fragile and often taken for granted. And in times of being together but apart, um, salon owners have found ways to build and nurture the relationships they had with their clients. Peter's story is one great example of that. When it comes to communication tools, businesses can avail of, like Peter was saying, email marketing is still considered one of the very best ways to engage and attract clients, stay connected with them, nurture that relationship with them. It gives you the power to connect with people in a much broader way, but also you have you own that data. You know, if you're consciously making sure that your list is updated you know that you're going to reach the people that you need to talk to. And so if you don't know where to start with staying connected with clients, that's probably your starting point. But other ideas, I mean, could involve getting in front of a camera and record weekly tips that you can use on social media, or you could go live on Facebook, on Instagram, give online consultations, product recommendations, uh, take retail product orders, reaching out to some of your most loyal clients for a quick chat to see how they're holding up these days, conducting surveys, talking about steps that you're taking to help your community. You know, there's a multitude of ways. To stay connected with your client base. Staying connected isn't the hardest thing. The hardest thing to do in business is actually to change people's habits, consumer habits. And in that sense, that's where our industry gets lucky. Your client base isn't coming from out of town because it wouldn't make sense to drive five hours to a city to get a treatment and then drive back another five. When it comes to their treatments and services, your clients have always supported local You, you know, they'll likely engage with you if you just give him a nudge. But coming back to salon marketing tools, I want to talk a bit more about Forrest. Forrest was founded as a technology company in Dublin, Ireland, but today represents So much more. In 2021, Forrest empowers salons, spas, aesthetic businesses to manage, market, and grow their business, not just through innovation and technology, but also through personal growth, mentoring, and support. We believe that the human touch is at the heart of the salon community. And that's why we strive to build tools that help bring teams together and drive business success at every point of the salon, from custom native salon apps, online bookings, email marketing, to payments, stock control, and e commerce. And if If you're still looking for the perfect software partner for your salon, then we would love to meet you. You can book a free demo with our team today. Just head over to forest.com or click the link in today's show notes. As always, if you want to share your thoughts on the show or this episode specifically, you can leave us a comment on social media, send us an email at forestfm@forest.com, at slide in my DMs if you want. You can also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to hear from you. Any little small thing like that really helps us tailor the show as much as it can be to your needs. And so I will say thank you in advance. And on that note, I'll catch you all next Monday. This episode was edited and mixed by Audio-Z, Montreal's cutting-edge post-production studio for creative minds looking to have their vision professionally produced and mixed. Great music makes great moments. Forest FM, the salon owner's podcast, is brought to you by Forest Salon Software. Get your clients back in more often, spending more, and generating referrals. Let's grow.